Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 44, question 113. What does the Tenth Commandment require? That not even the least inclination or thought against any commandment of God ever enter our heart, but that with our whole heart we continually hate all sin and take pleasure in all righteousness. Question 114. Can those who are converted to God keep these commandments perfectly? No, but even the holiest men, while in this life, have only a small beginning of this obedience, yet so that with earnest purpose they begin to live, not only according to some, but according to all the commandments of God. And question 115. Why then does God so strictly enjoin the Ten Commandments upon us, since in this life no one can keep them? First, that as long as we live, we may learn more and more to know our sinful nature. And so the more earnestly seek forgiveness of sins and righteousness in Christ. Secondly, that without ceasing, we diligently ask God for the grace of the Holy Spirit, that we be renewed more and more after the image of God, until we attain the goal of perfection after this life. In Lord's Day 44, of course, there's what the Tenth Commandment requires, which is itself instructive. And then there's also about the use of the law. In light of the fact that we cannot keep it, why does God continue to require it? And, of course, there are two very good reasons for that. One is so that we will not have any ability to rely on our own righteousness, but so that we'll look to Christ alone. The other is so that we won't grow complacent, but we'll continue striving after new obedience. But I want to highlight a phrase from question 113, where it says that with our whole heart we continually hate all sin. We can sometimes think of hatred as something that arises only because of sin. In other words, that all hatred is necessarily sinful. But the reality is that human beings are built with a capacity for hatred. The capacity for hatred is not a result of the fall. The distortion, the perversion of that capacity is absolutely a result of the fall of man into sin. But even without the fall into sin, we would have a capacity to hate something. Now, without the fall into sin, there wouldn't be anything to hate. But we can say this because God also has a capacity for hatred, and God has not experienced a fall into sin. God is perfectly holy. And so, as made in his image, we were made with a capacity for hatred. Now, unfortunately, as a result of sin, that capacity for hatred is often called out by other people. But what should really evoke it? What is it proper for us to hate? Well, it is proper for us to hate sin. It is proper for us to hate all of the unfruitful works of darkness, especially in ourselves, because that's when they're closest to us. But we can feel free. In fact, we ought to hate sin. If we truly love what is good, if we truly love what is righteous, we will hate what is opposed to it. We will hate the counterpart, the opposite of righteousness, we will hate sin. If you don't hate sin, that's not a good sign. Something is wrong. Well, may God use his holy law to teach us more and more not only what is sin, but also how.
to righteously and properly hate it.